0: Spock, Yes. about those colorful metaphors that we've discussed... I don't think you should try using them anymore. Why not? Well, for one thing, you haven't quite got the knack of it. I see. And another thing, it's not always necessary to tell the truth. I cannot tell a lie. I don't mean lie. But you could exaggerate. Exaggerate? Exaggerate. You've done it before, can't you remember? The hell I can't.
1: expect me to talk Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Do you expect us to talk? After a brief hiatus, we are back. I'm your host, Becca, and joining me, as always, are the amazing Chris, Dave, and Charlie. Say, how you doing, guys? How are you?
2: Hi, I think I didn't realise I was amazing.
0: (laughs) You you have been told several times. You've been introduced as amazing on multiple occasions.
2: I know, I think it's finally sunk in. Like, you know, I am the amazing. It sounds like a superhero name, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) The amazing Birdman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Starring Simon Weston.
0: <laughs> and, 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 and Edward Snowden. <laughs> Ted Danson.
2: And Ted Danson. <laughs> <laughs> His chair's on fire and he still falls off it. We will find that footage. We will. We will have to.
0: NASA were no fucking help.
1: And <laughs> oh, it was the Pope. <laughs> the
0: Pope? I did ask him, I said, you know, hi, you as God's guy. Are there any religious or spiritual reasons why no footage exists? No answer. No. Robert Darby <laughs> answered.
1: He, he gave us a brief insight into the uh, entertainment industry, having yeah, he dark secrets conspiracy. to muckrake to people. Do, so.
2: do you think he was? He answered that honestly, or think he was kind of like? Oh no! Go, it was a north
0: the... Yeah, okay.
1: Trying to cover his own back, I think.
0: Yeah, because who knows? He might have fallen off a chair at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he thinks it's be... a full-blown conspiracy, doesn't he? So
1: There must be some unused footage from Cheers. He may
0: have fallen off a bar stool. we don't it know. might even have been used, but to be honest, I'm not going to watch 276 episodes or whatever it is just for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, what a shame. That's, anyway, our, that's so how serious like, we're taking this investigation, guys. <laughs> if, if you are aware of any footage of Ted Danson falling off a chair, or you would like to watch 276 episodes <laughs> of Cheers... And some episodes of Becca and uh, what anything uh, else he's done. Wasn't there something CSI. called Ink or something? Or like, was... Ink, it was called Ink, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Feel free to watch all that, <laughs> Three Men and a Baby, the lot, and let us know.
1: <laughs> we could add the uh, Three Men and a Baby to our roster.
0: In all honesty, once we Direct do Directed by Lennon I have absolutely yeah. no idea what we're going to do with that information. <laughs>
2: But, you know. Yeah, we are talking like two films, so. Anyway. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) After all this time. Hashtag Chairgate. That's what it's all about. (laughs) This time, it's all about Star Trek 4 The Voyage Home. Starring. (gasps) Deep Breath.
2: (laughs) Yep, because you're going underwater.
1: So, William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Doohan, Michelle Nichols, Otto Koenig, George Takei, Mark Leonard, again, Robin Curtis, Catherine Hicks, and Vijay Amitraaj, if you can see him. The story by Leonard Nimoy and Harvey Bennett. The score by Leonard Rosenman and directed by Leonard Nimoy and released in 1986. What do we think of this whale-tastic movie? Yeah, we're
2: going to have a whale of a time. Yeah, yeah whale of a time. Uh, All the fun. um... Yeah, didn't uh, Nicholas Mayer have a, have a hand in this? Didn't he have a writing or producing credit?
0: Uh, yeah, the, well, the, if you think of the, the film as three acts, two sort of in the 23rd century and then the middle one on Earth, the middle one on Earth was written by Nicholas Mayer. And the, uh, either side was written by Half Bennett. So the, the, the stuff
2: on Earth, which is pretty much majority of the film, was written by Nicholas Mayer.
3: Okay.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's just the way they split it up. They they do say they sort of rewrote each other a bit. They did sort of swap drafts and work on each other's. But largely speaking, anything on Earth is uh, Nicholas Mayer. Okay. Do
1: you, Do you think there's a there's a join between like the two writers or? I think there's does a structurally, different... do you, How did it work? I
0: think. I don't know about structurally because I mean they did work together on the structure of the film. But I mean I don't know what what Charlie thinks as 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 someone very familiar with this film as well. But. I think there's a slight difference in quality. I think the 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 sort of I was about to say the the future bound sections are probably not as strong. What do you think, Charlie?
4: Yeah, um, it's basically, um, as far as I know, and this is from um, actually the actual words of uh, of Harv Bennett and uh, Nicholas Meyer, um, is that. Basically, they decided that Hal Bennett would do all the stuff set in space and then Nicholas Meyer because he's of his kind of um, natural kind of uh, direction towards something a lot more kind of wittier. Um, he's a dialogue. He, yeah, then he would do the, uh, the, the Earth stuff. Um, it's worth noting as well that there is actually um, four credited writers on the film. Um, Harv Bennett and Leonard Nimoy did the story, and then it was written the screenplay by Bennett Meyer um, and two guys called Steve Mearson and Peter Crikes.
1: Oh,
4: cool. Um, which I guess I don't know exactly I what. The, one. No, me neither. Crikes um, worked on the Voyage Home. That was his only film, that, as far as I can see. He did.
0: Uh, that's not really fair, Charlie. The next year, he made a fantastic Big Mac.
1: <laughs> Big Mark.
0: maybe he got into like maybe he went to work for robin curtis afterwards they both worked <laughs> um this film to me feels just on what i think of it before we sort of go into it i i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a very difficult film to hate i mean i i, I think everybody well, everybody there's no film everybody loves but i think certainly it, it, i think it's popular with most people I think it's it's got the bro- broadest appeal of possibly any of the original Star Trek films and by original, I mean through Nemesis really. Um, I think I think it's the sort of film that like if your mum likes one, it's this one she probably likes. Um, but that's not to disparage it. I think it's a lot of fun. It feels a little bit more perfunctory in that like it, it almost feels like at the beginning of the film they quickly dream up another adventure to go on, but it does finish the arc with some of the Spock stuff. It does that very well. It's a similar
2: uh, premise to um, the first film, isn't it? The motion picture in terms of like the threat of Earth of this thing, like of like Earth being threatened by this mysterious thing, and like the Enterprise has, like mm. has to come try and do something to save it. Uh, then... Yeah,
0: I mean, the devil's in the detail, though, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was I'm, not talking, I'm, I'm talking. I'm
2: talking generally. The
0: execution t- it, is so different, isn't yeah, it?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, it strikes me as like a uh, in terms of yeah. like premise, like okay, we need like a MacGuffin to. Something that you know to do. It's like, oh well, Earth's in danger. There's something. There's, you know, there's there's something actually hitting Earth and it's destroying. It's going to destroy the planet. And you know, there's like you know we only got like a matter of days or something. You know, um, it's a similar sort of thing. Uh, but uh, it's just one of the things that sort of stood out for me.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's. Sorry there. to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just just for my part, because I don't want to go on for too long. Yeah. There's, there's four of us talking. About it, so I think it's a lot of fun. I think it feels a little bit perfunctory in that. You can almost feel them sort of trying to quickly dream up an adventure at the start of the film. But the thematic threads that are hanging from the last couple, I think, are dealt with quite nicely. I think it's a prettier film than the last one. I think Leonard Nimoy's got a better eye in this one. It might be partly location. It might be uh, the quality of the transfer. It could be a range of other things as well. I don't like the score very much. I'm sure we'll talk about that with Charlie here. But, yeah, just a, a generally good time. It's, it's kind of a thumbs up from me. I, I, I like this film
4: charlie yeah no i'm 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 a big fan um it's it's kind of controversial and I, I guess there was kind of point where i wasn't a fan of it i guess because of of what we talked about it is the one that kind of people who aren't star trek fans go on about to the point where it's always called the one with the whales it's never referred to by it's uh by its title um and yeah, it's it's. I remember kind of reading that they said that after Star Trek Three, uh, because of that and Ruff Khan and such as Spock, there was a lot, a lot of death and a lot of kind of operatic things, and it was very kind of serious in parts. They kind of decided that they just wanted one that was just really, really kind of fun. And yeah, the, um, the it's it's a, it's a Star Trek trope that. Um, Something's approaching Earth, and the uh, the crew of the Enterprise has to uh, has to try and save the day. It's kind of like a a, a cliche now in Star Trek terms, but yeah, they, they pulled it off really well, and um, I think yeah, it's it's just it's it's a blast to watch. Mm. Um, and again, you're getting the benefit of all these people that have been now working together. So, did it come out on the on its twentieth anniversary? It did, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Late, late, 1986. So yeah, they'd yeah, they'd, yeah. they'd probably still ju- they have been wrapping this up just as the sort of 20th anniversary passed in all likelihood.
4: Yeah, and yeah. so so yeah, so it it's just wonderful to watch these, especially uh, Nimoy and um, and Shatner, and um, the, the the way the relationship works between um, Kirk and Spock, with Spock obviously having his memory kind of retrained. And kind of much more towards the Vulcan side and the human side still not kind of really, uh, um, really making its way out. So because of that, it just there's just so many brilliantly little funny moments that I have no doubt were uh, were, were written by Nicholas Meyer. Um, and, uh, and it's just endearing to watch these two and the whole crew work um, in really resourceful ways even though they say they're not, not having their normal tools that they've got with the magic starships and all these different devices and everything, it's just them and kind of the, their wits and uh, and yeah, and it's just brilliantly fun to watch.
1: No, I, I'd had a really good time watching this film. Um, yeah, as I say, the, the previous films, there's been a lot of like death and destruction really sort of like heavy themes. Um, this was nice and light and really funny and I think, yeah, the highlight for me was just the back and forth between Kirk and Spock and... Teaching him, spoke about colourful metaphors, and like when he, when he swears wrong, I think that's one of the most hilarious points in the
0: film. Um, the
1: hell he ain't. <laughs>
0: There's a couple of scenes uh, that really stand out as so well done. We'll get to them. Yeah. What did you. Th- so you, you enjoyed it. Did you. It, uh, where does it stack up against the sort of. Uh, not necessarily a ranking as such, Becca, but no, how did I'm you not enjoy not it compared compete, to the yeah. last couple?
1: Um, yeah, I think I probably, obviously, Khan is a high point, point. Um, and this one follows on close behind it, so. But I'd say i will we'll obviously rank them all at the end, but no, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, I think in terms of, in terms of the runtime, run um, it's like just under two hours. It kind of zipped along. Um, yeah, nice kind of blend of comedy there. Um, but I think not too keen on the score. There are some dodgy moments. Um, it's first
0: day of the Argos Christmas sale, isn't it? <laughs> it
1: really is. It really is. Yeah oh dear um but yeah I, I kind of like the whole the fish out of water kind of obviously when they land on earth and they're like they still use money here in the 20th century yep um but yeah i think that, that seems
0: great as well we'll get to that yeah yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get there we'll get there but way.
1: no I, I enjoyed it i had a good time with it there's obviously a few niggles few potholes. um it's not a perfect movie but um no i, I enjoyed it it's most enjoyable one so far i think
0: they certainly they certainly tried uh, just to echo Charlie's point before Chris tells us what he thought, um, I, I, everything he just said that about Nimoy and that and wanting something lighter, absolutely true. But the other quote that goes with that is, is Nimoy saying the last couple of films have both had very defined villains, very sort of white hat, black hat sort of, oh, sure, uh, of confrontations. And he just said he didn't want that this time. He wanted no, to it's deliberately not that at all. of Star Trek as we know it. And i think that's something that does speak to the first film and it does speak to something i know charlie's very fond of that star trek isn't just about calling up a, the next bad guy no, it's mm. not just it's not like the villains it's, the week, you've kind of defined. got to no. do it with bond it is it is so much part of the formula but i found that really refreshing star actually
1: compared to obviously the previous films where you've got a defined villain and it's quite refreshing to have those callbacks to the first film um, where there's not, there's just a threat, you know, a sort of faceless threat facing Earth, and um, yeah, you then know, it's down to the Enterprise crew to save the day, really. It's really, um, that's a bit of a trope. But uh, yeah. to have that kind of, where there's no defined villain as, as such, it's really refreshing, I think.
0: Had you it's, seen it's, this film before, Becca? Sorry? Had you seen this film before, Becca? Oh,
1: God. Maybe ages ago, perhaps? But literally years and years no and years ago. With but, um, no familiarity.
4: no, no. I was just going to say, it's, it's nice to have a situation solved without guns.
1: Yes, non-violent.
4: Totally.
2: yeah yeah i mean it's it's kind of exactly kind of like Star Trek to it roots me because one my my uh, opinion of this watching it uh and i I've got to say i this is probably my first actual proper sit down watch I mean, I think I remember it being on when I was young, um so I've probably seen it in bits and drabs here and there, but never actually proper sat through and watched it so um I, I, well, I think
0: Chris, because it has breakout appeal beyond the Star Trek fan base. I think it's either a a film that either most people have seen, or they're familiar with to the point that they can't remember if they've seen it because they're familiar with vaguely what's in it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think. I mean, I I mean, I was kind of expecting it to be uh, like a lot more kind of corny humor, kind of like kind of thing, but. I thought the humour was actually really well played. It's more subtly, it's more character based. It's you know, it it just lets the characters be themselves. And I mean, there's a few moments where like I think um, we'll get into it, but when Shatner's like reacting to uh, Spock um, swimming with the whale, it's very much like <laughs> it is a very much like <laughs> what
1: the hell are you doing in there? It 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 it, it, I it, it, it is almost it like
2: ca- like very cartoony. It's like oh like oh come on, no one would act like that. Come on, but. um... <laughs> No, I mean, but but at the same time, it has its own charm. You know, it's it's that kind of uh, I mean, what what I took away from it, it just felt very much like your stereotypical Star Trek episode. You can kind of see them play this idea, uh, back you know back in the sixties, back in the original series. It feels very much like true to the formula of Star Trek. Uh, you don't need the the, the key. For it. It's it, it's all about like sort of like an idea. It's like I mean, the message is pretty much like shit. Stop killing the whales. I mean, that's basically what the message of the film is. No, but it's a good message and 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 and, and fair play to it. Um, so it it does have, I, I think it's really well structured. It's probably not my go-to Star Trek film. If I was going to like uh, put on a Star Trek film, I probably would put on either Rathacon, uh Undiscovered Country, probably Final Frontier, um, but. For entirely different reasons, rather than quality, um, so it's, it's not. I know, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, so, I'm not going to say. I that... if I'm
1: looking forward to that one next week or not. Oh, Thanks, it's no.
2: brilliance, but um... it's my
0: birthday present, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it. Well, we're reviewing that one for Dave's birthday ah, in the, and <laughs> the It's going to be the—it's a landmark birthday as well. It's going to be the first film I see in that decade.
1: <laughs> it's cherry on the cake.
0: Yay! Cherry on top. Um, yeah, but um... still on the plus side, the crew are going to be looking more youthful as I age. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but
2: yeah. yeah, but but back to it. but I think that's more down to personal preference more than anything. Uh, it's not you know uh, it's I would say it's one that actually it quite surprised me in terms of it's one of the the high end of the Star Trek films and I understand why it um, it would fans would embrace it as much as they did and it does have um, it, like as Dave says it's the sort of thing that your mum might like you know out of all of them because it's you know obviously it's set in the modern world um, But for the most part so. Yeah, generally I I really took to this, but uh, at the same time it's not going to be my personal preference to want to watch. But I respect it very much. So okay, so, um, so how well did this do and the, the box office at the time? Was it a, a big hit or was it improvement? Yeah, it, no? was, uh, it was.
0: Yeah. It was. It was in Star Trek terms. This does repeat back to my point. We 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 were sort of born, if you like, as a as a as a James Bond podcast. So. I think that's always a point of comparison to me. It's pointless comparing it to Star Wars. Star Wars does, you know, orders of magnitude better. But if you pick a fairly big franchise that's lasted a long time, and Bond and Star Trek are kind of similar ages, uh, not necessarily in cinematic terms, but overall, I always pick that as a point of comparison. So in absolute terms, fantastic. It did 133 million worldwide. When you think last week we were talking about a film that did 87. The year before ninety-seven and a clear seven years before this, uh the motion picture did did less than this as well. So it was it was successful. Um, that was off a budget of I think about twenty-one million. But hundred and thirty-three million at the Worldwide Box Office. The previous year there was a Bond film that was a little bit of a disappointment because Roger Moore's run had come sort of come to its end, really. And that did 151, so an underperforming Bond film still comfortably beats it. The following summer, only six or seven months later, out comes The Living Daylights and does something like 50 million more than this film. So of all the Star Trek films, it's one of the few that came out in an era where 100 million was still a very big success. And in those terms, it's the one Star Trek film until we get to First Contact that's got crossover appeal. And does what we could characterize quite accurately as very good box office, but even at its most successful, it's less successful than an underperforming Bond film, for example.
2: No, no, so 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 so, so it's a relative uh, success, you know. It, it didn't blow box office records, but it 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 did fine, you know. It did. It, it Did, was, right. did it
1: yeah.
0: okay. But by sight, I mean Star Trek. <laughs> the producers would have had some kind of idea. Of what Star Trek does by this point, mm. so yes, not the hugest success in the world, but at the same time, by what they could reasonably have have expected, it outgrossed last year, uh, the previous film, by like nearly fifty
4: million. And and I imagine so, like yeah, the, very the, good.
2: the budget would was uh, relatively um, smaller in comparison because obviously it's mainly set in modern day, so you had less of the you know the the the. The setups of the alien planets and the spaceships and the alien costumes you've got pretty much like you cast just wandering around San Francisco for uh, a yeah. majority of it so that keeps the budget down so I would say that probably helped it be a more fight no.
0: well i mean even in the future the shots of space you've got i think that i think that cloaking mechanism on the on the is a reuse, a reuse shot you've got the space dock we saw last week um you've got um replays of footage from last week's film and the wrath of khan and most of the future scenes take place on a soundstage in effectively a big hall stroke court mm. so yeah this film it has got a bigger budget than last week bear in mind shooting on uh location is expensive regardless i mean i know yes you don't have some of the effects you don't have period costumes or, and all the rest Called of it. But it it's
2: San Francisco,
4: and it means... But, it, closing, but it still, it's, still,
0: it's still shooting on location and, yeah. and so
4: Yeah. It's it's worth noting that, um, obviously, the, uh, that, that gross was the um, original gross. The gross adjusted for inflation mm. um, is £250 million, Um which puts it third in the, uh, the list of Star Trek films behind the motion picture and the J.J. Uh, Abrams film.
0: Well, that would that would be at the U.S. box office.
4: Yeah. Um,
0: let's put that in context. The last Bond film, not the last Bond film, sorry, the last Bond film didn't do remotely as well. Skyfall, which is the most successful Bond film worldwide, if not at the North American box office, did about three hundred. Yeah. So, taken in those terms, at the U.S. box office, very very successful. Star Trek is even more so than something like Batman, a bit of a US phenomenon, because yeah. you'll look you'll look at its box office, and, and for argument's sake, because I don't know exact figures without looking, you'll get like a 90 million box office, and like 80 of that will be the US box office.
4: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
0: Worldwide, it's hardly doing anything. So I think were, were the proportions to be like something like Bond, then this film would probably have done 300 million back in the day. Mm.
4: but again like you say um you look you look at the context of when this film came out um I mean 1986 so around that time you've got stuff like Beverly Hill's cop um and you've got all these kind of um modern kind of comedies and uh, I mean it, it's kind of like a well-known thing that, Eddie, that originally the film was written for Eddie Murphy um and he was a very well- known thing did you did you guys know?
2: No,
0: no, I didn't, I didn't know, know
1: that. that. Oh, well, I'm sorry. No. Um, yeah, oh, sorry this... about that. we obviously
0: ignorant, sorry. <laughs> no, you know, no, no, you're not. But um, I, I read it years ago, but it was in something Star Trek-related that I think a non-fan <laughs> may not read. And I've just read The 50-Year Mission, which goes into conversation on it. I must so the, that. But, but the fact I know, but I've only got it from Star Trek sources, suggests to me the general public might not.
4: Yeah, basically, originally... Um, he was supposed to be a kind of UFO nerd. And uh yeah. he was um he was playing the Gillian role basically. Oh really? Um, because because apparently Eddie Murphy is and was a massive Star Trek fan. Um and they originally kind of wanted him to do it so they wrote a script for him. I think it was the original guys they those two guys before Merson and Crux. Um and then he said he didn't want he didn't want to do it because he didn't like the script and made the oh. uh, the golden child instead so okay. they re so they rewrote it with with Meyer I I,
2: I, I, I want the knife sorry <laughs>
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's probably not the, the best decision either um and so yeah.
2: that oh I, I like the golden child I mean it's still better than anything it's, it's right. he does recently anyway you know he's
4: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, this is an era where not long before Eddie Murphy had done 48 hours trading places and Beverly Hills Cop in a three-year period. Yeah, he's, he's on a high of mm. his career, wasn't he? I so. mean, compa- if you're comparing it to that, you, you've really got to compare it to that, not Daddy Daycare. Yeah, can
4: you, you imagine? Know, this was what... an era
0: where Eddie Murphy made legitimately brilliant films. And and the first mm-hmm. the first chink in that was probably the golden child.
1: Yeah. Mm. So maybe what you need to do now to revive his career is do another Star Trek movie, maybe. No, I mean, look, look.
2: Uh, like, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what I instantly thought thinking about Eddie Murphy being in Star Trek Four is like, well, we've kind of seen Richard Pryor in Superman Three, and that's not pretty. I mean, it'll no. pretty, it will rather than be like uh, it will just it will just make it the Star Trek film with Eddie Murphy in, rather than actually being like you know yeah. just for its own merits. You know it's, it's, you know, it's the one where they go and say Wales. you know, it's the one that actually makes a point about
0: I, that. I, I think, to be fair, Chris, I would, I would love to see that version, if, you know, if there were Ultimate Dimensions where yeah. everything plays out. Yeah. I'd love to see it, but I would never commit to swapping what we have for it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're right, it could have been Superman 3, and at that point, mm. Eddie Murphy really hadn't done anything that child-friendly. No, And I think it really did, metaphorically speaking, cut Richard Pryor's balls off doing family-friendly stuff. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you're probably right. Although, um, the high points of Eddie Murphy's movie career, in my opinion, does eclipse Richard Pryor's. He did some good stuff with Jim Wilder. And maybe had he done um, Blazing Saddles, as he was meant
4: to... Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's some of the stuff that Murphy was given, like 48 Hours, for instance, which is a was, was a great film. Mm. And the, the the scene in 48 Hours when he goes into the redneck bar is just really just amazing, <laughs> star-making stuff.
2: I mean, as they... we as we digress to Eddie Murphy away from Star Trek, I will say I think the problem with what it makes Eddie Murphy great back in the 80s, um, and why he's not so much great now is he was He was still funny, he was still a working stand up he, he he knew how to improvise I mean you see yeah, Beverly in you watch Ber's Cup you watch forty hours they're so pretty much like him just, just like making sh- shit up and just being naturally funny he, he's lost that now he he doesn't know how to do stand up you know he he
1: doesn't really have that skill anymore no right,
2: i mean like, he? he he goes on stage and he doesn't even try anymore I think he's kind of lost his nerve he's lost his edge, and that's why he's lost. The thing that made him funny, you know, uh, which is a real damn shame, you know. I think he needs to work yeah. to get that back. But that's was why. But that's why it's the films with him in now are.
0: Kind I think of the crap. danger, Chris, is I think the danger, Chris, is when you become a brand. Yeah. Mm. You know, his first three films, he just went on and did what he did, and he was a Saturday Night Live cast member and all the rest of it. And then he became Brand Eddie Murphy, and suddenly it's a team of people talking about what his next career move should be and broadening his appeal, and he stops doing stand-up. I was in America last year when um, Saturday Night Live hit its 40th anniversary, so I I watched that in America as it was broadcast. And there was this big build-up to Eddie Murphy because of the ex-cast members, you could argue at his peak he was probably the biggest they've ever had. I mean, that's a a tough call because it did produce Chevy Chase and Bill Murray and, and lots of others as well. But... Eddie Murphy was, like, the big star of that night, that there was a build-up to him coming out on stage. And he was going to do Cosby. He was going to do something Cosby-related. They did a, a Jeopardy sketch that night that was so fucking funny. Because we don't really have Jeopardy. For anyone listening in other countries, we know what it is, but we don't really have it here. Yeah. Um, so...
2: Is that, and, is, that, is that the one in, like, last year? Yeah. Yeah, he was meant to, come, like, come on and do Bill Cosby he was exactly I and mean, yeah, you I mean, bottled it. can imagine it would just the internet would have exploded it would like it would have it been really would have. it would have been like Eddie murphy doing his bill cosby skit he's not we've not seen him do that since like t- like two decades you know and it's just like it's a good old favorite it would have it would have been amazing and um, it's a, it's a real shame but yeah sorry Dave.
0: <laughs> uh, no he came onto the stage um At some point, there was this big build-up and he got a standing ovation and everything else. And everyone kind of waited for him to say something and it went to credits. No, not to credits, to like the commercial break. So, yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about a very different era here. I'm fascinated as to what it might have been. At the end of the day, we got what we got. And I think it's probably better for... This is an era where they would have just pointed the camera at him, let him do what he wanted and probably completely unbalance the film. And with that, I think we should discuss this film sequentially. Yes.
2: Yeah, let, let's get to the, the, Why not? the film in hand as opposed to Eddie Murphy's career. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: yeah. As, far, as, as fascinating as it is, it, but... What I love about the start of the film, uh, apart from the fact that I really wanted to go and do some shopping at Argos, <laughs> um, is that uh, it's nice to watch the cast of Star Trek watching a Star Trek film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought that was very weird, but first of all, I think it's interesting how this film was dedicated to the, the um, yeah. yeah the Challenger, which actually was destroyed in early '86, which is very sad. So but it's, it's quite co- nice how has it, you got the dedication there.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, we, we, are you referring to the um, the trial where the Klingons getting like pissed off uh, and saying like, we want we want Kirk dead, or 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 this kind of thing?
0: Yes, I am.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, I, did, I did think that's like they've got amazing security cameras up in space. And, uh, and that I see, yeah, that's
1: very weird. How, <laughs> how can they be watching that footage? It's very odd. It's a bit, and, also, hmm.
0: and also, make your mind up because when it's on the bridge and you see like the Klingon finding the countdown clock, it's yeah. all fuzzy CCTV.
3: There it really is. And as soon
0: as it cuts to outside and anything else, it's fucking like high definition. It's fucking a <laughs> so, what the hell? Make your I, I, mind up. to cut with fucking Kirk talking about Genesis. And it's like oh, what, why? <laughs> what um, point do
3: you have? Oh my god.
0: And it's not like they played enough of it for like first time viewers to fully get it. So yeah, it's a bit weird to say the least.
1: It's a bit odd, yeah. Like be watching film footage. Mm.
2: <laughs> well it's part of parcel of the of the last film, wasn't it? It's like the, the last film was kind of like um didn't really complete its story. Um yeah. And so, so this one's like continuation. So, so this is kind of like a previously on Star Trek, you know, kind yeah. kind of deal. Catch up with the last yeah. couple of films um, this week. Even though, like, the idea of Genesis is now kind of like dead. Now you know, it's you know, it's it's gone. We don't need to know about it. Um, no. all, 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 all we need to know is like Klingons are pissed, and the uh, Enterprise is destroyed, and they got Klingons. They want cooked head, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, I. I mean, I. Kinda, I kind of like. I kind of like the scene because it. It kind of tied up a few things. I mean, the only left hangover left is you got uh, Spock trying to still find himself. He's not necessarily working on his full capacity at the moment. Um,
1: he's but, having to like retrain his brain, hasn't he, to kind of like go back to. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's called. Doesn't say Vulcan School, but obviously that's not correct. But no, he's having to kind of like retrain, well, retrain can, himself. It kind of
2: just but makes. It kind of is. It, I mean, it's basically, basically making uh, Spock more, even more fish out of water in the modern world than he would be anyway. I mean, the Spock would probably be wise to a lot of the stuff, but since he's, like, literally just been reborn...
1: He's having to reset himself, isn't he, pretty much?
2: Yeah, he's still kind of catching up, so he's just still got his logical head on going like, mm, what, what's this? And I'm not quite getting this. <laughs> um,
0: and like, I do think the development in this film is reasonably by Star Trek standards, I grant you, fairly subtle. Yeah. I think it's sure. little drop lines here and there that you go, all right, he's got it now, brilliant. And the little little reaction looks from Shatner that Shatner's just really happy that he's getting his friend back slowly. Yeah, he's um,
1: like, Jim, don't it's, you it's remember? He really used to call me Jim. And, he's like, and no, the, the other thing is, I quick. mean,
0: they, they are slightly um, motivated not to head back to Earth because obviously they've broken God knows how many Starfleet rules. But at the same time, it's nothing for this crew to spend three months on, a, on
4: an alien world for the benefit of their friend. Exactly. And it's it's nice as well, this, the opening with um, Amanda, Spock's mother, um, and the fact that he's been retrained in, in the Vulcan kind of way, his mind. Um, it's really nice how that kind of is bookended by the end of the film as well. Um, and also is, is referenced in the next film as well in terms of the kind of tumultuous relationships Spock has had previously with sarek over um, a number of things but um it's, 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 I really like the opening and um, just just a little bit with his mother and then the uh, kind of like Dave said the uh, the, the thing with Shatner and um, and and Spock so you've got Shatner on one side, really happy that his friends back and kind of going away with that. And then on the other side, you've got McCoy. It was just got so many great lines in this, um, and uh, him, they, really, they, really, a good, uh, they really do have fun with the fact that he's a doctor from
2: like from the from like from the future who you know he, he like <laughs> knows miracle cure. He's just got a pill that just like cures like kidneys from this light area. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just kinda anything. Just,
4: do you really think it's a good idea to have him back on the bridge like nothing happened and stuff like that yeah
1: he's a bit dubious isn't he
4: and then his um you mean i have to be dead to uh (laughs) to discuss the uh, the afterlife with you and stuff like that so that's a really nice touch And, and again it's it's those three characters the heart of star trek that time and again um are what makes these movies so great especially for me over the uh the ones for the next generation what what
2: I really love about this film is uh, is uh, Chekhov's like constant vessel. Can't pronounce it as a V. They really do go for it. He does say vessel quite a lot in this film. Yeah, it? a lot, a lot of
0: the um a lot of the scenes of him on the street asking people is kind of almost hidden camera.
2: Yeah,
0: isn't some of those bit, are not it? actors. No, different. no, some of those some of them are just real members of the public. And they, they sought releases afterwards, but the fact is, yeah. they just went up to people in an era where the Cold War was still on, and ostensibly a Russian asking where they can go to find nuclear weapons.: <laughs> Yeah,
3: with, with, with
1: the naval bases. they were like, uh, that, okay. I
0: don't know how well that joke would date.
1: I, th- I think the haircuts
2: date the film,
0: let's be honest. I tell you what I think.: date-
2: <laughs> The costumes date the film.
0: <laughs> what dates the film most to me?
2: That punk on the bus, just, that
1: dates
0: the film. It's, that really does <laughs> date it. Just every 80s film that was in any way family friendly had a fucking blaring introduction. So you go watch, I don't know, Three Men and a Baby probably does fall into this category. I know the secret of my success does, that it starts and you get shots of some American city, might be New York, might be Chicago, <laughs> might be San Francisco, and there's blaring fucking music with like uh, yeah. saxophone in it and all sorts. It's like, it's like this kind of beat, kind of like almost hip-hop yeah. like... Doo, yeah, doo, that's what screams like sort of 85 to 88 to me. Yeah. More than anything
2: else. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the thing I picked up on the score the most. It's like, it has the most generic um, and into modern day score, in, introduction score ever.
0: You know? <laughs> well, Charlie, you're our score
4: guy. What do you think of the
0: score of this film?
4: Um, I think it's a score of two halves. Um, yeah, there is that. There is that element of um, the uh, of uh, the, the really cheesy jazz fusion and, and stuff like that. Um, I think, uh, but I think a lot of the score is, is very well suited to the film um, tonally. The composer Leonard Rosenman is a really kind of respected composer, um, and he did um, stuff like East of Eden, um, the uh, the James Dean film, and he did um, the. Uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and he did the animated Lord of the Rings, Um, and he's done all these quite a lot of kind of respected films, Um, but he's always been kind of like um, a bit more of a challenging composer. So it's not not necessarily everything's um, as kind of as epic and sweeping as uh as you imagine or you previously heard in star trek james horner was um he turned down the film he kind of made overtures that he was done with star trek
0: you can't blame him
4: just so, because um, I mean, he'd done the last two in a row oh yeah yeah so it's so it was done to someone else that, uh, that was kind of to, to complete the trilogy. and it's had a very bad rep over the years and it's kind of it's hard to listen to the film sometimes um mm-hmm. But um, there's some, there's some very nice pieces in there, and it ends beautifully. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's not one of my favourites. But I think it, it works perfectly well in the film, and uh, and just yeah, the the tone is uh, it works really well. But yeah, the, the jazz fusion stuff is. Um,
2: Experimental.
4: Yeah, like you said. Know, there's, there's Something warming yeah. about
2: it though. I mean, maybe it's just like, you know, the the film of that era, but there's something like kind of like it g- gives me all like, oh okay, yeah, we're we're here. You know. It's I don't know, maybe it's just growing up those kind of films.
4: But it's it's worth Yeah. No, you're you're right. And, it, and it I mean I wouldn't say of... it's
2: good, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't think, Oh well that, that's a classic piece of score and that yeah, but you know, there is something to it that makes you oh Yeah. yeah.
4: It's it's worth saying like, the punk as well. Um, the the punk was actually a, a guy called Kirk Thatcher, um, and he was um, someone who worked for ILM, Industrial Light right. Magic, um, who actually co-produced the film. Yeah.
2: So 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 that song, which is, I mean, I, I kind of picked up on the fact that it was kind of very much like you stay like yeah, fuck you, but kind of like I mean, it had nuclear connotations, like sort of nuking everything, you know, kind of like I, you know, I think was that was that kind of. Part comes to the film the fact that you know they're after like nuclear devices and that to get back home and that so was that part maybe sort of intrinsic to the plot in some way?
4: I don't know about that because I think. Oh, I like just... comment
2: on the eighties kind of thing, you know. And like... Very
4: possibly, yeah. Because because he yeah. just said that, um, he they, he basically just said that he got some of his mates went into a garage and just record really quickly re- recorded this um, punk song.
0: To and be uh... honest, to be honest with you, if someone said to me. Go and write me a punk song. Forget whatever music ability I do or don't have. But if they just said, go and write some lyrics for a punk song, and you've got, like, zero time to do it, it would either, it, it, yeah, I Hate You wouldn't be far away from what you would just pluck out of the air.
4: Yeah.
1: You'd literally be like that, wouldn't it? I don't literally.
0: think there's social commentary in it. I think it's quickly write me a punk song. And that's the sort of thing you would go
2: for. Well, you so wouldn't put too much social commentary in a punk song, really, would you? Or, um, I
0: no, <laughs> but I, I was, it was just a thought. yeah. You don't Be- hear the words rampant inflation in a punk song very often, do you? <laughs> 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 but it,
4: but, but punk is very much about raging against the uh, yeah, the, the machine, so to speak. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, I hate you is a uh, yeah, because that's the actual title of the song is called I Hate You. Um, and it's very much uh, in the actual the, the whole song. It does have swear, actual swearing in it, but obviously they cut before that part. Yeah, um, it's not double the mass on you.
1: <laughs> no, that's the edited version.
0: Uh, yeah. So we obviously got the blaring music when they arrive, and I kind of like that. I don't know if you would park in the park like that, but there you go. Particularly as the big outline of the ship and the grass.
2: So yeah, I'd imagine um, they have a lot more people. Like coming and going that from, yeah. from that, that that area, it seems to be kind of like the only people who seems to come along there yeah. are like a couple of bin men. That's it. Yeah, all
0: these dogs facing <laughs> against nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and knocking <laughs> themselves out. Yeah, um, but I mean the the first thing is uh, the double dumbass on you's funny, um, and also Kurt looks genuinely a little bit hurt. Like he, he just hasn't heard language like that before. Yeah. And I love yeah, like, the next bit because they, they see someone buy a newspaper and they're like, ah, they're still using money. So they go, um, and a nice bit of shorthand in that because the, the, the headline on the newspaper is something about nuclear talks.
1: Yeah. So that would remind holding.
0: you in years to come. That's almost fight against the dating of the film. But down the line you go, oh, yeah, it's still Cold War. Yeah, of course Chekhov would be a problem.
3: Yeah.
0: But they go to, like, an antique shop, and I just love Shatner here. <sighs> Where he says, "I'll give you a hundred dollars for the glasses Bones gave him in two. Is that a lot? <laughs> he goes, "Just the pause before." Is that a lot?
2: <laughs>
1: it's really well delivered. I do like the delivery of that line. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I, like, I like the um, what, what comes after it is the kind of like, isn't it a bit like? Uh, <laughs> are you sure you want to give away like Maca- uh, a present from McCoy? It's like, well, he'll give it back to me like a pony. what I'm
4: giving? I think that's the point as well that um again, um this is this is kind of a time travel film, especially a Star Trek time travel, that doesn't really care about the rules. There's always it's like Back to the Future as it literally was just the previous year. And there is there's always all these little rules about time travel that's always kind of it's it's all about and then you've got this film. Not um, damaging the timeline. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and also it's...
0: The, the timeline either goes in two ways. You, you either create an alternate universe, broadly speaking, or you change the future. Mm. The, that sort of grandfather paradox that you can't go back and kill your grandfather because he mm. wouldn't be around to have you to go back to kill him. That's yeah. the grandfather paradox. The argument yep. on the sort of alternate timeline thing, which is where we go with the J.J. Abrams film is, yeah, it would just create a timeline in which you killed your grandfather. Simple yeah. as that. It would be an alternate one. Uh, this is um, Charlie's right. It, there's no consequences to any of this. <laughs> <And> the, the <laughs> yeah, fact, yeah, I mean, can you imagine uh, if humpback
4: whales just went extinct because, like, they turned up, and nicked fucking two of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that they they give that guy the formula um, to the transparent um, aluminium um, late, later yeah. on. Uh, yeah. And again, he says, um, Already,
0: any North Americans listening, it, it's uh, entomology yeah. of the language. It developed, and I read up on this, and it goes back a lot longer than you would think. But the way your language developed, uh, it became al- aluminum there, it's mm. aluminium here. There's an extra i in it, so yeah, when but we, we actually added it, an extra i when you call, yeah, actually, we always thought, oh, Americans changing everything. It was us that changed it, apparently, yeah, we, we did but, it, but whichever way round it is. When we say aluminium from now on, it's correct pronunciation for this consonant, so just bear with us. Yeah,
4: and again... It's, like, it's not only that they're, break, they're breaking the rules, it's that Dr. McCoy explicitly points it out and says, are you, are you sure? It's, aren't we changing the future given this guy, the formula? He says, how do we know he didn't invent the thing? Which, <laughs> obviously, Scotty mm-hmm. would probably know that being an engineer. But it just kind of adds to the fun of, of the whole film that they're just ignoring everything and not worrying about it Where there's so many films with time travelling where everyone's just such... just um, yeah, it's it always almost kind of grinds to a halt where um, people go into in such kind of circles about paradoxes and things like that. So yes, yeah, it's, it's just something refreshing.
2: Do you do you think like I mean, do you think the humour's like well handled? It's not to beat you on the head as much uh, as you'd expect it would.
4: Could... No, I mean it's 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 certainly very broad um and again it's interesting because like you said it is something that um is very much like an old school stark check episode but this is kind of has certainly ramped up the Hemo, which again with stuff like beverly Hills cop and things like that and the fact that was the 80s was full of um comedies that um but and the fact that it is just these guys that they're, they're so comfortable with each other and they're so used to working with each other and acting with each other that they can do this such broad comedy and pull it off briefly, which I think is a real credit to the film.
0: I've always felt that Star Trek doesn't do comedy very well. I love Star Trek, I really do, but it's got limitations and things I don't like. Oh, absolutely. But when I, but when I think of it not doing comedy very well, I tend to think of the next generation crew and it's normally something to do with data at the end of an episode and they all sort of give each other cheesy looks before the Enterprise flies off normally Counselor Troy is one of them they all give each other a look and it's just not very funny and it's not very good and with this and and I can't remember the original there's a couple of original series episodes and I forget them off the top of my head but you just look at them and you just go yeah actually this crew are pretty good at comedy
4: like shore leave and things like that
0: sure um, oh yeah we didn't mention that in the original episode shore leave is batshit it's really good
4: yeah and um it's it's actually, that's actually a really good point you made because you if you compare the voyage home with first contact which is kind of the same thing they have to go back in time to stop the borg and what have you uh, and again you've got the next generation crew on a fish out of water tail and it's excruciating compared to this. And again, you you mentioned um, Counselor Troy. The scene where Counselor Troy gets drunk is possibly one of the worst things in the history of Star Trek.
0: And they they probably thought it was amazing. Yeah. The only thing that kind of works about it is R- Riker's reaction is kind of good.
4: Yeah, but it's just and Roy Orbison and it's the, the it just everything and the bit where um. Geordie doesn't understand that um, taking a leak is a uh, is a piss. Is, yeah, is 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 a metaphor or is a, is a euphemism for taking a piss. I, I
0: just think I mean there's lots I like about Next Gen. A lot of it is that it's slightly more sophisticated mm. than some of the original stuff, just because of the era it was made. Um, but a lot of it is the it feels much more like. Starfleet feels more expansive. Patrick Stewart's really good, but they were shit by and large at comedy.
4: And they've never heard of tequila. Yeah, yeah. It makes no. us happy. Um... <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, 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 he's been giving me something called tequila, and it's like what? The,
2: I mean, uh, like I mean, the thing I do trip over is like you know the bit where where Scott is at like that um that plot that, that place he's like. Uh, and he goes, he goes, oh, go on the computer, he goes, computer? And oh, he's that's like brilliant. But, I mean, that's I, great. I, 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 I buy the fact that for a second that he forget, but I think for someone like Scotty, who is an expert in this stuff, he would know the history at this time, they would not have talking computers. So the fact that, you know, he realizes, oh, well, they don't talk, you know, well, you, I, hang use on a this, minute. and oh, he grabs the mouse and goes like, No, I'm going to argue
0: with that. I'm going to argue with that. On the basis that, if you'd never seen... I don't know if you have seen it, but the Benedict Cumberbatch film about Alan Turing shows you basically the first computer, effectively. Yeah. Because what he built was underpinning um, computers we have now. Without seeing that film, could you have told me how you would have operated a computer of that era? No,
2: but you're talking about...
0: But you, it's seventy years ago. We're no, now you, talking. You, you're
2: talking about like using just a, a film as like showing you how that that would work. And what what I'm saying is, um, Scotty would be an expert. He'll know the history. Now he may not like know exactly how to operate um, like a, a typical PC from the 80s, but he you know he would know the fact that you don't just like talk to it. Like it doesn't work, function the same way that computers from his time would. You know he would at least understand that. Oh, right, there would be there would be something. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it's kind of funny and charming, but like, it was, it, was, it was the one time I thought, okay, you're playing this human a little bit too much here. Um, just, I mean, I, I like, like the fact how he, went, how he did talk to it initially, but I would have thought, okay, right, you're done now. He's been reminded that it doesn't it, talk. So, you know, I just thought it just a little bit stupid. Sorry, go on. I'm rambling now.
0: It's never bothered me. I mean, you, yeah. you've got to remember that this is before the internet. Um, and they couldn't have protected the internet, although they had extensive databases on stuff. Uh, TV, I mean, we don't find this out until the next generation, but TV is long obsolete by this era. So uh, their, their appreciation of how people two or three hundred years before lived might not be quite there. And they've always grown up talking to computers. It would just be natural, I think.
4: And I'll say. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the, at the beginning; they've got the Klingon ship as well. For so Kirk, literally the only thing kind of hit advice he has is this is a extremely primitive and paranoid culture. Um, <laughs> so again, it's done that, and again, it's just kind of the the thing of, of breaking the rules and just not being bothered to us because again, Trek and it's technobabble that it's become with the next generation has kind of started to really kind of get bogged down sometimes in all the different things and um kind of yeah just all the little kind of minutiae um that kind of truck fans worry about um i mean I, I i love i mean yeah this got me nostalgia speaking because i've seen this film so many times but it's yeah it's it's, it's the fun that he starts talking it and then um giving the mouse as if it's as if it's like a microphone it's and and I, again this is not this is a very kind of subjective as nostalgic view i imagine say um but i always just find it hysterical and it's kind of like an inchoke between uh, well, chris, some of my friends as well chris isn't wrong <laughs> it's like you say it's subjective chris isn't wrong it's just it no never,
0: yeah absolutely. it never struck me that way it didn't strike me as you watch something like just to talk about another time travel film for a minute uh hot tub time machine right they go back to like 1986 from whatever it is, 2011. So they go back about 25 years and the like. The youngest member of the cast in it doesn't seem to get that there's no internet and judging by his age and the film and things that were said elsewhere in the film, that didn't make sense. They kind of crammed it into one scene in awkward dialogue just to make a joke. Like, I've got to come and meet you, that's exhausting. Here, I've never thought, well, surely, Scotty, whatever. I've always just gone... Well, yeah, they've handed him something, and he thinks it's a microphone. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll I, I, I just thought it was it's silly. It just, it, <laughs> did it bother it you, It Made there? me laugh. Um, I just thought it was a bit silly because also you got somebody as as clever, you know. Who's like, hello, computer, <laughs> speaking into a mouse, and you think, oh, okay. Um, it was it's just a silly moment. Um, but uh, I did I- kind of. I mean, to be honest, it did kind of rub me up the wrong way. But I thought, oh well, I'll just go with it. I
2: know? mean, to my, it doesn't. I would say I don't say it bothered me, so to speak, because we are talking like a moment in a film that has has zero impact. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's just it's just a joke at the end of the day. We're, we're just basically discussing. But uh, I think you know, in terms of like being true to his character, I mean, that was the only thing that I would say. Mm, okay, I don't think Scotty would be that dumb. But no, that yeah, that's you know, why it
1: bothered me a little bit. I was, mm.
2: But then again, we are talking like a throwaway joke here. So it it doesn't really make that much difference, really, it it,
4: kind of makes me think as well that uh, whether or not Scotty is kind of like, I mean, yeah, he's always been the kind of strong engineer, but um, in terms of a bit of kind of the comic relief of the the crew as well, because he's always been funny. And uh, it's certainly something that kind of follows in in the next film as well on a thread from this.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, what do we think of... So, so, obviously, the lead lady in this is Catherine Hicks. Um, mm. And I don't know if it's her impact in this film, but I always feel like I've seen her in a lot more than I have. Yeah. I've just seen her in this film. You go and look through her filmography, you think, oh, I've seen much of that. Um, what do we think of her in this? Her, her character and everything.
2: She's serviceable. I mean... She's she's okay. I mean, I don't think she stands out, but she does the job that is required of her. You know, she is your stereotypical '80s um, leading lady in a in a film that you kind of, well, in a role that you kind of forget. You know, she's, you know, she's not. It's not like a star-making turn by any stretch of the mark, but, um but. She's fine. I mean, she. I mean, she, you know, she didn't do a bad job at all. You know, I find it a, bit, a little bit weird how like uh, they try and cram in like a like a, a kind of love story with uh, Kirk. You know, I thought like that was kind of unnecessary. He didn't really need uh, to go. That's
1: what she honed in, I think.
0: I actually just think there's certain scenes where I just think no, he's trying it on and she's not fucking interested. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, like... <laughs> it, like. T- t- sorry, for spoiler alert, but at the end where it's like, I don't even have your number. <laughs> no, you don't do your part. <laughs> no,
2: see, I'll go. It's like, it's, it's literally like sort of, <laughs> just like, no, let's be
0: friends. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll find you, on it. I'll
1: find you in
0: the galaxy. <laughs> I will. But
4: that's, I guess that's the thing as well. It's, it's, that is him. And, and and again, it's 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 funny because that's him... Um. Trying his charm on to be able to kind of pull her around to
1: uh, your smoothie
4: to get the uh, to get to get the get hold of the whales. But the subtlety in it is uh, the the caricature
0: of Kirk is incredible womanizer, and if he could, it would be and he even did they even went there with Pine, it would be threesomes and God knows what else. That's <laughs> not really the the Shatner Kirk is just charm is part of his armory. Mm. And he certainly does like women. No one, no one's suggesting anything other. But it, 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 he's not Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or something. He's not like he can't fucking help himself. You know, it, he is, like, just fairly charming.
1: Ladies, man.
4: Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and I think she um, works as a great kind of straight foil for him in this film. And there's kind of... Obviously, she's... he's. Um, with the kind of fish out of water thing she's kind of like the, the direct um opposite of, of of him when so when they're in the scene when they're at dinner and um he just you you get gets his call on the communicator oh, um, and it's just it's from shatner the way he puts his hand over it and just kind of subtly uh says so, so faces to stern um just <laughs> and and so just all the little bits from there. Um, and when when he call, when Spock keeps calling him Admiral, and when she picks that up, and the uh, the, the scene when they're in the truck is is just hysterical, um, and I think she works really well there as a uh, as, as again as a foil for them. But I think I think for me there there is a, a good emotional journey there as well. You can see she's kind of really kind of infatuated with with the whales, and she's uh, all about and the whales.
0: I think the thing that I find really odd with this film is that they hear a noise that's vaguely like, that sounds like something, and it's like well, it may not be humans which I kind of like, that's very Star Trek you know, that is very we aren't the most uh, necessarily the most important thing in the universe and it makes the point that there's like 10 million years of this species before us Um, but it's a little bit like, well that that might be a whale, oh we got to go back in time and get one then and I'm thinking, surely there's a fucking plan A before you get to that. But <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like, but well, it's clearly a humpback
4: whale.
2: Did they did they establish that um, you'd have to? They couldn't just like play back recordings or play of oh, humpback whales to get away with it. Like, yeah, because had...
4: they, they said they could they could mimic the noise, but they, they wouldn't know what it they were saying. Because yeah, of yeah. Words, the yeah, language. I think I, I I need to go back and watch it very very carefully, but. Part of me, I'm pretty sure, at the beginning when he's doing his tests on these little computers, there is a split second where there's a picture of a whale. Right. So it's very much that he might have kind of have that fresh in his memory. And that, it may be a kind of a, an almost subliminal clue that they put in there to, um, as as a kind of subliminal kind of idea. So then when Spock kind of gets there... And he has his thought. Then I don't know. I, I'm just kind of, just kind of theorizing. I mean, I here. like
0: the idea. I like the idea that, like, oh, what a typical reaction to think that, like, it must be for humans because we're we're the ultimate mm. goal of evolution. We're not. There are other creatures that with different intelligence levels. Some of them predate us, and we've been in. There could have been species in contact with whales for um millions of years in the same way that but we think of like first contact where it's like you know people are only interested in us yeah when we get to like warp capability well that's our standards not necessarily everyone else's
1: no that's it i mean you get a sense from this film that it's not i mean this is probably also you've got the, you know, the sort of cold war kind of raging on in the background. Um, only got the over, overwhelmingly sort of eco-friendly message of this film that basically we are not the centre of our universe. There's kind of more, you know, more important things out there that we should be paying attention to. Um, but no, yeah, I think that's I, I agree wholeheartedly there.
0: I, I, I really, I mean, the, the, the plot on it, 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 it does get by on a bit of charm. Really, I mean, there's not an awful lot in it. Really, they've got to serve, save these humpback whales, and they seem to convince her fairly quickly.
1: So I all really on, but you want to be going all the way through. Sorry. I think
0: I think one of the it didn't hurt Donald Trump. Um, Sorry. <laughs> one of the things, one of the scenes I really really love in this film is when uh, what's she called the character? Gillian Taylor, isn't it? She picks them up <laughs> yep. after like Spock has swum with the whales and said Gracie is pregnant. They're named after George Burns and Gracie Allen. Um,
1: yeah, that's a nice
0: touch, I think. That's a lovely touch. I mean, yeah. I, I remember George Burns. He lived to quite an advanced age, but um now they pick him up and and uh Kirk's trying to explain it. And then he basically says, We should talk about this over dinner. Uh the three of us, he isn't trying to he's not on the cop, he's just talking about having a chat somewhere. And she says, Do you like Italian? And the no, yes, no, no, yes. That's really no, funny, but like, yes, no, no, yes no, yes, yes no. <laughs> I love it. That's so
1: funny
0: I love that That Usually you would have Spock
1: being like the the foil But here I mean Jolene's like the perfect character to do that
0: You you could go and show Jolene Blaylock, Tim Ross and all the other people That have played Vulcans You can go and play like episodes of the original series That would prove the point just as well But if you really wanted a shorthand Show them that
3: That's
0: the best way to do it Because that's an emotionless Vulcan Being really funny And you just think well like there are ways to do it You don't just have to do it like you've been drugged He does it. it with a
1: complete poker face as well it was really funny. He was like, yes, but no, he's still funny He's actually yeah. hilarious in this film I think it's one of the most, you know, the, most the, hilarious hell he be... the hell he is
0: The hell he is Do you think it's time, for another... So it time for another Is it time for another colourful metaphor Because <laughs> 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 he, I mean, he says that's how they talk So like, they're sat there going like Do you like Italian and, and Spock, in his, like, complete lack of knowledge, thinks that if he says hell or ass or something, it will sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell, I do. Which, uh, which I love. I just think it's really great. And uh, yeah, when he,
1: when he sort of gets it wrong as well, it's like, uh, maybe you shouldn't use so much of the colourful metaphors. And he's like, oh, are like, well, you doing it wrong?
0: <laughs> when they the went minute. to dinner as well, that's, that's my first memory of any Star Trek film. Oh, right. Mm. Where, where, I always thought it was Star Trek film, uh, three until a bit later I watched all of them and put it in place because in my head it was in search for spock but mm-hmm. it wasn't the bit where he says to her no no i'm from iowa i only work in outer space that is uh-huh. my first memory of anything star trek oh. uh,
4: film related yeah
1: that's lovely i think that's no, an it's- in- interesting line isn't it obviously because he's got you know the kind of earth connection there and Sorry, go ahead, Charlie, sorry to cut you up.
4: No, that's all right. No, I was just saying as well with the with the colourful metaphors, there's the bit uh bits later on when they kind of it get, where they've kind of the joke's kind of gone a bit and they but kinda of comes back subtly and there's a bit where spot where to spot where the hell of my whales or something like that. And it's oh, yeah. just one damn minute, Admiral, and it's just it's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I love anyway in this film.
1: Very really clever use of language, I think, it's just it's good laugh.
0: Well, bear in mind, um Spock has hardly been in this now for four years no, mm. That's true. because he's hardly in the previous one, yes, he does have scenes and a couple of voiceover bits and all the rest of it, but like he's fully invested in it again and not you know, he's, that, he's
1: writing it directing it and
0: he shaped the direction the film's gone in
1: doing everything but the tune, sing the film tune
2: yeah so. i I'll say he's he's a better director this week than he was last week.
0: I'd say so
1: i you? I would yeah. have to agree and, and, and I mean that, not that it was a poor poor no. attempt last time, but just in terms of pace and well, I think, just, I think he's got a stronger, higher cylinders, I, think. I, think,
2: I think he's got a stronger story to work with quite simply sure. you know he's you know it's... well you
0: you struggled with you struggled with search for Spock, I think it's fair to say.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I, I, mean, I, I don't
0: think I don't think it was like one of your all-time most hated or anything. but you certainly didn't think it was a good film. No, You
2: didn't like it, did you? No, I mean, like, I, you know, it's certainly watchable. I Don't someone say I hate it? But like, um, you know, it, I, I I did say yeah. I don't think it it is particularly a good film on the surface. Not like
1: your go-to Star Trek movie. No, I mean,
2: which is which is weird because I I always remembered it fondly, and though know, so it was kind of a bit of a oh no, it's a bit shit this. But no, um, I, yeah, I think <laughs> I, yeah, my. I don't think I blame him necessarily. It was more like the story and the ideas of what they had. That I don't think had enough to work with to make a good story here. They actually got like well, they, they know exactly what they're doing. You know, it's 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 a classic Star Trek episode with a you know with you know set them on name you know to appeal more well, appeal to everyone. You've got a bit of humor. You got your characters right. Go. You know, and and you know we. I think that's they said McCoy there. Uh, Nimoy uh, is <laughs> like. You know, I think he's very much like um, what's the word I'm looking for. I think he's he's very much workmanlike in in a good sense. Like he he gets on with the job. He doesn't sort of puts any bells or whistles on. He just he just he just knows his stuff and he just gets on with it. You know, he, and obviously he knows the characters. He knows his character. You know, he's been working with all the other actors, so he he trusts them to just kind of play their roles and just allow that to work its magic. You know, so I think. You know, he, he does a, a decent job at it, and I think the the story helps make it a, a good entry. So I think that's why this week's
4: better. And I think as well, it's got it's got more of a budget as well. Um, so you have the location, and you have things like that. Um, so it doesn't feel like it's a studio bound film.
2: Mm. Do you think the fact that the, the way that there is no enterprise and the fact they go to modern day kind of breaks up the formula a little bit, so it allows them to kind of like. To to I won't say take risks, but you know it just like it, it it doesn't tie them down to that formula, so they don't feel oh well what what we have to do it. They just kind of like just let the characters work work themselves, you know. And Absolutely. Them,
4: you know, there's a sense of that. Absolutely, yeah. So again, yeah. So like I said before, it's it's kind of letting the characters work um work things out themselves without being encumbered with uh, the with the technology that they're used to. And having to work in this in this world where uh, nothing's really familiar to them and uh yes i think i think certainly that's one of its uh one of one of its real strengths yeah Um,
2: a change of pace mm. so where are we the film i think we've kind of like we started talking sequentially and we just started from like
0: we're all over the shop with it Yeah, pretty pretty much everywhere so scene by scene it isn't actually that strong if you no, I try, I try to kind of break it down Earth, into like, into chunks, but it's just convinced like mm, kind of quickly. It, so,
1: yeah, it moves along with pace-wise. It doesn't. I didn't find any part of this film dragged at all. Um, it kind of it moves along quite a fair pace. Um, there's some slight hiccups here and there, but yeah, just it generally kind of moves along quite quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, but basically, we start off with the trial, and then we get summarised what happened before. Then we have the, then we on the Vulcan planet where we left uh, the crew. Uh, they've renamed the Vulcan ship the Bounty. And yeah. and, date, and uh, does um, uh, K- not Kirst- not Kirsty Alley? She stays behind. <laughs> not the Alley, no.
1: <laughs>
0: the bit they cut out of this is she's supposed to be pregnant.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh really? Oh well, that yeah. oh, that would have been Spots Kid then, wouldn't it?
0: Yes. Oh, interesting. Uh, there interesting. is a. I don't know if it was cut at the script stage or they filmed it, but there is a bit where she's asked, "Does he know?" Mm. um but they they cut all that. It was actually I think it might even have been the original version of the script. It was like it was kind of it was kind of just like yeah cut, and yeah, there is some suggestion from the original writers that it lost nuance, but you often get that from people where they there were like scripts versions that overwrite what they did, yeah,, uh, but certainly there was an intention that Spot got her pregnant to be honest with you. Um, as much as it would feel kind of real and organic because she did what needed to be done, I can't see how you need it.
1: No, it would be a bit extraneous, I think, wouldn't it? It's a bit
0: mm. of a distraction, don't a bit you unnecessary.
1: Think? You, Again, it
2: would have been more like, oh, we'll save that one for the next film kind of thing. So they'd have to have like a solid idea of what they're going to do with that next. So I think, they, you know, they made the right call and just like ignore, like, a, you know. Just leaving. I it.
0: think so, and she's she's got a space, you know, on a, on a different ship, and that will do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um. Uh, yeah, and then it goes very, very eighties in that. It, I think that's the first time environmental concerns became a thing, mm-hmm. and of yeah. course, whaling it suddenly became a thing, and yeah. they've got to put um, these whales back into the wild. And no sperm... Sperm whale, sorry. Uh, humpback whales.
1: We'll get to them Guess later.
0: I hey, don't know what I was thinking about. Um,
1: sperm <laughs> <Everybody> whales, <else>, clearly. <laughs>
0: sorry, I was just thinking about spunk. Um, no. <laughs> no humpback whales have been put into the wild and survived when when born in captivity. No. And I think they sell those steaks fairly well, actually.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's quite a major thing to, to happen, isn't it? So.
4: And it's kind of... It's it's interesting that obviously um, back then it, it was massive and it still is but it's kind of it's whaling um, and and kind of like the the uh, the hunting of whales um, is is kind of like obviously it's not a minor issue but it kind of feels like it's treated as one now.
1: It's kind of on the um, periphery, isn't it? For, for most yeah, people, yeah. Like, like, no, there's there's a massive petition.
4: Well, it's a little coder, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's something. It's, it's it really is a major issue. But something like, for example, now there's like a big petition um, to kind of prevent like trade between the EU and or between Britain um, and Japan just because of and you know so other Asian countries involved just because of whaling and you know how how dangerous and how, I I don't agree with it.
4: Can they not um, hunt Theresa May instead?
1: That would be preferable. <laughs> and um, and Donald Trump, whilst you're at it
4: yes um but well, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd Boris be, that'd, yeah there
0: are i mean christ i am certainly I'm Hillary not like, I a mean, have the whole presidential i am so i am so- i am so <laughs> certainly not a fucking impeach. Boy, impeach but at the same time there is a world of difference between theresa may and donald trump
1: oh god no definitely fucking,
0: yeah, yeah really prioritize trump yeah
1: yeah can, can he go to the top of the list please yeah but we'll have to cut this. <laughs> we can't show our political audiences.
0: Why would we cut it? Donald Trump's a fucking wanker. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, no. You get, you get rid of him. So. I, I, you know, or, or or quite, Zuma, I, I, I
0: don't... Genuinely, I, I know one or two people who watch this show just from their Facebook posts and stuff who are, like, fairly moderate Tories and stuff. No problem. It's not my thing, but fine. But when yeah. it comes to Donald Trump, I don't feel the need to, like, fucking protect anyone. Oh, God, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. I'm saying
0: it. Donald Trump, you're a cunt. I know, yes. uh, I know you're a fan of the show. Um, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, he sits, he sits down with the I
2: Queen, Samuel Jackson, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd, yeah I'd, the
0: say
4: the about, I'd say the same about. i say about May, to be honest with you, especially since she's in our country. But um, anyway, yeah, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, and it's kind of it's it's nice that the, when they do that little um, the the tour of the aquarium. And, and kind of you see all the videos and stuff it's a nice little kind of intro into that and they have to, where they see all the the scenes on the um on the on the, the tv screens um which was actually watching that again and i watched it with my son for for this and it was some of it was really quite upsetting because they, they yeah, do they don't, it? they don't hold back no well, i wailing when she's
0: giving that talk yeah about it. yeah I and thought the, the I know it's that quite,
1: quite graphic, and she's obviously, even though she's seen it before, but she's visually horrified by it. You can tell
0: it, it skirts a very interesting line, actually. In that, I don't think it's purient pure, or like unnecessary or graphic. In that, I don't watch it and go, Well, that was a bit fucking unnecessary in a light Star Trek film. Oh, no, absolutely. But it, but it, but it oh, is no, just no. enough that you think, Yeah, they've sold the stakes to me now, and this yeah. is fucking. Yeah,
1: exactly. It really under- underpins the point there. It's not, it
0: <laughs> didn't they oversell it it's actually much more clever than you would normally give it credit for just because they've got to sell us that our era is comparatively barbaric without alienating us sure that's that's the best way to go about it they did it they just sold us that like what we're doing is not right but they're not calling us savages at the same time no you know so i was kind of impressed by that so Um, you don't tell yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I, I I kind of, I I like all of this film. I think it's okay. And, um, but yeah, it kind of dribbles to its end a little bit.
2: Do you know, I think the whole, like, question for time travel kind of, is kind of done a bit too simply. It's like, oh, well, no problem. We'll just fly around this sun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just travel through time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like, it, it, I mean, I know, I know it's probably like a, a, a jump to leap. Because like they have to, or oh, some event time travel,
1: you know. I think I think that's, that's probably why they don't take, you know, the, the rules as it were of it so seriously. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll just do this. We'll yeah. say we'll just project ourselves around the sun, and you know.
4: Mm. Well, that's how they did it in. Um, is it Return to Tomorrow? I think it is. Um... It was done in a, in an old Star Trek episode. Oh, All right, way. so
0: so that would so, kind of make sense, wouldn't it? Yesterday. I forget the name of the episode. I think it might be the one with Terry Garr in it. I forget which episode it is. Yeah. Oh, but look. they they basically slingshot around the sun. This yes. is a recall of. Yeah. Yeah. Can we call that? Because that is how they immediately
4: know what to do. Well, I'm I'll I'll going check well, it out.
2: That makes sense then. No, no, that that's like you know. Tomorrow.
4: Doing... Tomorrow is yesterday. That was the episode.
2: That's the one.
1: I'll go and check it out.
4: Yeah, because uh, there's a the little line as well from McCoy when he mentions it, and and McCoy just mentions it as if it's a common kind of fact thing, which is kind of something that they kind of do when they've experienced things before, oh. um, as as a kind of matter of fact thing. He says, "Yes, sure, slingshot around the sun if you're uh, if you're fast enough, you uh, you go back in time." I
2: mean, I, 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 I get, it, it is. I, what I do like about it, there is kind of consequence, like consequence about the ship kind of like getting damaged while doing it. There is like a sort of risk to it. It's not just simple, like, oh, so we just fly yeah. around the sun and like, oh, well, you know, you know, that, you know, there is like kind of like, well, you know, it, it, everything it, is all just a risk. You know, we, we could like easily just explode doing this. <laughs> yeah. We, cut. Yeah. Um,
0: so, th- and I don't mean that in the negative kind of, um, I think we said in an earlier episode that it's quite easy to caricature Kirk. I, I don't mean it in the caricatured fucking careless way. It, he is he is willing to take risks for the greater good. Yeah. And he, they've got no choice here. He's, cause like he's a risk taker. Fucked.
2: He's a risk taker, but like a calculated... But he's not, re- he's,
0: he's not reckless. It's purely like, well, we don't have a choice and we might die doing this, but we have to try. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, that is kind of Kirk anyway, but... Uh... Yeah. So, where are we in the film now? So basically, yeah, so I think at least... we're
0: kind of the end now. We 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 end up with Catherine Hicks sort of working out what you know, believing them finally, and she runs to mm. the park just in scene in, in time to see the whales being dropped into like a cloaked
4: area, and uh, we have to go and save Chekhov.
1: Oh yeah, the he's whole been life... captured by the police. Well, well yeah, from hospital. Well,
2: the mil- is it military or yeah, FBI? It,
4: yeah, yeah, military. Yeah, because no, yeah, yeah. I, um, I
2: obviously, a I, I Russian running around their sub so, is a bit alarming for them. It's understood. <laughs>
4: <laughs> again, something watching it now, and uh, where the where he's being interrogated, and the guy turns around to his his colleague and says he's like a retard or something. I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> a bit offensive. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. But, well, but I again. actually thought that in the last film where he said uh, where he said about um, Bones, he said he's fr- fruity as a nutcake mm. or nutty as a fruitcake, whichever way round it was. You and can't it's really like, say that now, can you? You can't say that now, at all. Really? That, that,
1: that's offensive?
0: I think it's... You're no, we talking carefully, I,
1: haven't you?
2: Well, oh, no,
0: I I wouldn't say it's wildly offensive. It's not something that would massively offend me, but I'm not everyone. No. And I think if you can avoid hurting people, you should try to. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think it's on the same level as retard. No, so, um, no, no that's, that's probably the
1: more offensive of the two. Straight...
4: <laughs> But uh, just in in terms of referencing the uh, yeah people with mental health issues,
1: Mostly he tarring him with that brush just because he's Russian, or you know he's got a Russian name. So
4: again, that's that's Character, the thing. So. Being Russian, being caught on a US uh, nuclear vessel, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's called the Enterprise, which is kind of like a nice sort of way to get the Enterprise in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it
1: takes quite I'd, a kick nice in, in of these films. It does, doesn't it? Yeah,
4: because he gets he gets burned in the first one. Obviously, all the stuff that the slug happens in the second one. Um, he gets quite when, likely
1: in this film, doesn't he, I think? Well, by comparison.
4: But he nearly dies.
1: But Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose in it, Search for Spock, he had that uh, horrible outfit on. Um, I suppose he's probably, I think he does the same one in this one, doesn't he's he? Wearing,
1: still wearing it on.
4: Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, and, and then, obviously, there's, there's the extra kind of stakes where they have to go rescue him from the hospital which again is is really funny because um again mccoy here and his uh his grumpiness um uh, <laughs> amongst 20th century medicine
1: Major kit. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut open his skull draw some holes inside that's barbaric you know <laughs> he can't believe it all he's just like what what's going on
4: and he gives the lady a pill that she and she grows a new kidney.
2: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't did you find out how love it? How, how love how easy it is to kind of just break into a hospital? Like they just like they, I like just like oh like oh, oh we need to go get a check-on. And that scene just seeing like, that oh, all scrubs just like sneaking in. <laughs> it's like like okay how. How did you get
1: to How that you, point? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's too easy?
4: So. It's, it's, it's the fact they grab the they grab the uh, the, the bed off of someone, and she immediately jumps on it and they put her under. <laughs> while he's just, they're standing there,
1: <laughs> they have witnesses around. It's
3: like, Whoa. And and
1: then, it's actually, that, um, Sulu and Uhura don't really have that much to do. I mean, uh, Uhura has a little bit, but Sulu perhaps not so much.
2: Uhura gets more. I think they get more to do than they did last week, especially. Yeah. Yuhura. Yeah, last uh, the week had been been much to here
0: because they split them up and gave them all missions. Yeah, yeah, yeah they
1: all kind of went off on the individual storylines, didn't they? So, I think I
0: think mm. Sulu
2: gets the, the short end because he's with um, he's with McCoy and Scotty, so he kind of gets like. Leckard, he's got the mix,
1: lost, lost in the mix, I think. But he, he
2: knows yeah. how to fly a helicopter, which is yeah, crazy, yeah, he's,
1: like, yeah, he's which is yeah,
2: probably one of the hardest things to ever pilot. But
4: <laughs> and what, one of one of the things that always always astonish me in this film, um, and something similar to it I think Becca will uh, re- really will reveal in her fun facts later. But the uh, the shot of the helicopter flying across the San Francisco Bay carrying the uh, um, the um to glass is a radio controlled model
1: yeah the is quite interesting actually
4: which is just, it's just brilliant brilliant model work and yeah it's really, not something you see a
1: lot um in obviously, cgi um, i think earlier there's an earlier scene where we've got like a tank outside um what is now the monterey bay um, aquarium mm. and it's kind of like i've got my notes cgi but it's obviously not Know, CGI as it was, it's back like when. a
4: matte painting, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, it's like a matte painting, but it's beautiful, utterly beautiful. But yeah, yeah, you, you, you don't, sadly you don't see a lot of model work um, in cinemas these days.
4: No, I miss. I miss. I mean, there's digital matte painting, but it isn't the same.
1: No, it doesn't have the same texture to it. I don't think.
4: Yeah, and the, the fact that you had, I mean, the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy, is kind of like the ultimate example with yes. just these astonishing, the detailed and beautiful matte paintings um, that just give a really kind of. Extra kind of um, just dimension to the uh, to these films. Sort of
1: stand up as artworks in their own right, really.
4: Yeah, a lost art, really. You
1: know, we digress.
4: Yes, and then uh, they actually go and rescue the whales. Yeah, which does feel,
0: although it's part of the. If you wrote this down as a scene and like a plot breakdown, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. This fits perfectly. But at the same time, in the film, this just feels like an unnecessary coda in a strange kind it's of like way. It
1: ends this film. I was like,
2: "It's just oh it's fuck like, it, oh. you've
0: got them. Get back to the future. Just fucking beam them up, and away you go."
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Because there is there's that extra setup of like you know of the the the, the ship getting damaged and the fact that you know the the, the ship sinking and not like releasing the whales into the actual sea so they can communicate with the probe. So there is that as well, rather than the the whole oh crap, you know, like so literally just been releasing or something that, like they're
4: getting haunted i guess again they wanted to stress yeah the danger that they're in and the whole the whole kind of um the scene there of, of man destroying his own future um by hunting these things to extinction um and it's quite a funny little scene with the uh the bird of prey decloaking
2: Yeah, harpoon above, just bouncing above, off the
4: yeah above the waiting ship and it's it's just it's a, a kind of it's it's well for me it's like an iconic image in uh, in Star Trek. But yeah, it's just kind of wrapping things up by uh, by then on in.
2: Yeah, and then while all the fishermen would think we're like everyone would think they're crazy. Like we saw an alien ship. We saw an alien ship. Like yeah, whatever, whatever.
0: Yeah, and then we're back to the future for uh, court martial. Mm, always fun. <laughs> court Martials are hilarious, aren't they? All very conveniently that they've got to punish them, but you can't punish them too much. So they dismiss all the charges on the basis they've kind of saved. The, Earth.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll punish you. Pu- pu- we'll punish you. Well, we can't reward you. Make it sound like a punishment. Like we'll go. Okay, well.
0: Well, you you meant to be a captain anyway, so we'll just put you back to captain.
2: Oh, by the way, here, here's the Enterprise for you. Yeah. Here's the Enterprise <laughs> again. It's the
0: same fucking
4: model with an A, that was a on the, <laughs> okay, so it's it's only two the two
1: end.
4: I guess probably two films time, but there you go. I guess it probably would be a bit much if they just said, okay, yeah, you've saved the, the world again, but we're still going to send you to space prison. Um, so, uh, and again, yeah, you just want to get over it. But again, it's it's a nice coda at the end where um, Sarah... Yes, Sarah. Says, yes. Yeah, says, says, says uh, most imp- <laughs> the most Vulcan thing ever, most impressed with your performance during this crisis. And then, um, and then, and then said, as I recall, I was opposed to your... Uh,
0: your enlistment
4: staffer, Yeah. Staffer, yeah. Um, so it's it's nice that he kind of kind of goes back on that.
1: Yeah, it's like, no, uh, we reevaluate that theory or
4: yeah. really. And and again the little reference to saying, I feel tell me mother I feel fine. Yeah, it's um, quite
1: interesting he sort of comes full circle in his development. It's they like, always do feel? had
0: they always had an awkward relationship though.
4: Yeah. And oh, and,
0: nice. and as much as you don't absolutely have to know Star Trek for the films, although obviously this being a loose trilogy helps if you've seen the last couple. Um, I, I do think that there's the always the odd scene that gets a little bit more nuance from knowing a hmm. bit more, and obviously this is one of them.
2: And then Kurt gets brushed off by uh, Yeah! <laughs> by I, isn't it kind of convenient how she just kind of like decides, like, you know, uh, well, I'll come to the future as well, like, you know, I've got nothing here, what, you've got no family, no... Yeah, no, literally, she's okay, so like, like
4: we've got no family, no like, children? What? It's like, yeah, no, fine, yeah. Well, she says it, doesn't she? She, she does say it at some point, kind of like...
2: It's like, I've got of... nothing. But it's like, well, you've are yeah. the, it, it, the. It's just really convenient. The Wayne Institute, and you know. It's just like the idea of actually just travelling back to the future just seems to be a bit like, yeah, all right, why not? You know. It's done a bit
1: hastily, isn't it, quite yeah. differently? Well, like, again, why wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. And, and
4: again, if she wants to it go where her whales, go. Yeah, she loves the whales. Because she says who else in the 21st century knows about whales as much as I do
1: she's the yeah. only one
4: yeah so if, if they're gonna if they if they're gonna kind of start um, repopulating those again to stop this kind of thing happening again um, then you want someone yeah. who's an absolute expert so it makes sense for her to go back as well and again em- emotionally it's hurt like you said then <laughs> they are not the hell your whales but she says my whales. <laughs> Yeah. So, th- <laughs> the <Hell> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like you very much but they're not the hell you're whales <laughs> 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 but again you're <this>, the, <laughs> so inappropriate I, th- I, think, I think she sells the attachment there mm. to the, that would make that make sense to me
2: yeah definitely I mean, it it does make sense, you know, as as Scott as um Spot will put it, it's, it's logic, it's logical. Of would.
1: course, yeah, no, totally. It
2: it's just a whole like sort of yeah, so okay. does it, yeah. I'll okay, well, yeah. yeah, rather rather than kind of like any sort of doubt of it, kind of like um.
1: Mm, she does it like, okay. like that. She doesn't take any time over. She's like, right, yeah, I'll do it.
2: But yeah, and um, but yeah, she she you know, like she basically sort of like, gives Kirk a kiss in the cheek and goes like, right,
1: see you later. <laughs> I'll find you in the galaxy. <laughs> I don't have your number.
0: No. Bye.
1: <laughs> no, hey, she.
0: Hey, she must have had some influence, though, because she's wearing quite the tracksuit.
1: Very really revealing tracksuit.
0: Doesn't really reveal anything. <laughs> it
1: doesn't really reveal very much of anything at all.
0: But again, it's not, same not enough tits in it for you, Becca, as we've said <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> Let's sum up, then. What do we think of it overall?
1: Um,
2: yeah, I mean, there's not really much to, to say. I mean, it's not my go-to Star Trek... Um but that doesn't mean say it's uh it's it's not a good entry I think this is like probably one of the best ones it's certainly the just the best ones um and like second only to khan so far in the series uh I don't think we're gonna have many um but this isn't to my taste but i think it's that it's a it's a good solid uh, star Trek film
1: um, yeah I'll, I'll I'll second that um yes pretty much after the like really heavy sort of themes of the last few films you've got a sort of one that's quite quite I'll say brief, but it's not really brief, it's two hours long. Um, it's, it's quite light and it's all trips along. Um, and, you, you know, you've got themes of the Cold War um, and Save the Whales, but at the same time, it doesn't bore, those themes aren't bore down on you. you know, they don't whack you over the head with them. Um, they're not constantly in your face all the time. Um, but it's, it's really funny. And um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with this film. Um, I would say, yeah, probably number two so far after after Khan, but we'll see how we go on with the, you know, as the series goes on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's thin, but it's a lot of fun. Thin—I've really—it's only a term that's come to me as we've recorded this, because we're not at the longest runtime, and it's because there's not an awful lot to say. But it's a lot of fun, and the performances and dynamics are as good as they've they've ever been. And so, yeah, uh, at the risk of damning it with fake praise for for doing such a short show on it, I, I think it's a really it's a really enjoyable, fun ride. Um, it's not the the best. It's not the most essential, but it's one of those films that I would think is among the less divisive, because I can't imagine anyone really hating this. There's nothing to hate. It's really kind of no, it's really. kind of fun and enjoyable, you know. So Frusty. yeah, that's,
2: I mean, it, that's it, where it I am. It might not there. be your bag, but it's like you know, you have to be a a, a bit of a knob to. Like, I, I
0: don't know why you would get angry with it. Yeah, it? No.
2: yeah. I mean, yes, I say you know, it'd be. It might not so be your thing, but you won't be angry over it. You won't be sort of like you have to be a bit of a knob to kind of like t- to strongly object. to Like what? No, bad guy! Rurr. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know you have my, to. You... That's
1: my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bit of
3: nice. tone. I, think... <laughs> <laughs> I think
4: I think it's probably be it interesting as well to uh, to to do a marathon of these films and then. To have yeah, the the kind of really heavy first three films in terms of kind of like themes and, and tone, and then have this as a, as a, almost like a panic cleanser. I think
0: it's yeah. going um,
4: be so welcome. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely of, in
0: any kind of order.
4: Yeah, and it's just it's just a blast to watch for me, really. <laughs> I just I as I said I've kind of always gone through a bit of a love hate relationship with it sometimes, again because I guess because it, it does seem light and fluffy but it is light and fluffy and you have to, and if you accept it for being light and fluffy you just have a great time with it and yeah. uh and i love it for that
2: i i can't believe we've not really discussed the fact that spock just mind melded with a whale oh yeah so, yeah <laughs> i can't i can't believe I we, we missed that whole thing you know <laughs>
0: All right. And again, well, new once else. you've m- mind melded with a fucking cloud yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't think this is too anything. shocking. It's at least a mammal, <laughs>
4: and they, uh, they get a new enterprise as well, yeah, yeah. which is a yeah. great moment, and it, and it's that's a that's the moment. But it is the same model; it is effectively a.
0: Same. Oh yeah, but why? This
4: is why it fit? makes me laugh I've, I've
0: yeah, but I've seen polls where people have like ranked the ship, and they've gone, yeah, I like the A best, and I'm thinking. But
4: it's the same fucking ship oh it's no it's, ship. well it's, it's it's got a slightly different color scheme to it yeah it's blue. Um, there's the, cool. yeah there's there's more kind of blue and, and green on there um and on some of it compared to the uh the uh, the first um three uh, which again is going kind to of splitting hair things but uh I, I going back to the score, the best moment of the score is is that moment the kind of, the reveal of the uh Of of the ship, and again, it's it's like it did in Such a Spot, they use the original Star Trek theme to end it off, and it's just a beautiful musical moment. And uh, yeah, so
0: good job. I do feel a bit under informed about the film, though. I don't know about you,
4: yeah. And uh, I don't think about enough fun tonight, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Becker. Well, you're in luck. Thank <laughs> I don't to sound fake, but have you got any fun facts, please? I do. <laughs> there be whales, Captain. Wales unite.
2: Wales will fight. Wales will go on eating plankton. Wales, we are nice. Wales, full of spice. That's not and We don't, don't like being wanked on. It's one of their rugby that's, songs. That's, that's a Wales song. Nothing. <laughs>
1: What the fuck was that? <laughs> you got you got to do it in a, in a scotty voice. That'll be Wales, Captain.
0: Uh, no, I'm sorry. You've heard my statement. That's all I have to say. This. <laughs> um, I got five fun it, facts it, about
3: Wales. Can, can we
0: have Peter these
2: fun Cook. facts, but done in a, be, in a in a in a Welsh accent? You know, because you know, that will got be Wales. followed by <laughs> talking
0: about Wales it. not wanting to be wanked off. <laughs> which is our, Which is an echo to our like you know signature drink. <laughs> so away you go, Becca.
1: No, whales were harmed in the making of that drink. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I've got five fun facts about Wales. Not the country, but Wales.
0: <laughs> what, the country?
1: No, Wales.
0: All right, <laughs> oh, right, the country.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, obviously Wales as seen in this film.
0: What, the country? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the last time I'll do that. Carry on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, obviously, as Charlie mentioned um, earlier, the... Obviously, you see both CGI, I guess, and whales in this movie created it mechanically.
0: What yeah, country? did you know? Mechanically is not a country.
1: <laughs> it, it was actually made by ILM. <laughs> what, the country? <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, does that mean that so you've got to think, people like obviously Tom Jones, um, people like that, you know, that they're not real, they're just robots.
4: They're made by ILM. Mind blown. Yeah, can we have a, can we have a, uh, a Star Trek film where they go back in time to stop Tom Jones doing horny horny horny? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Like he did in Charlie's head. A contemporary. Yeah.
2: and 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 I know what you mean. I'm trying. to think. Like um, I don't, it... yeah, that's, that's it. one. Yeah, but.
1: Sex bomb.
4: Yeah, yeah,
2: sex bomb, Sean
4: Connery sex Hillary. bomb. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, yeah. No, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. It, was, it was sex bomb.
1: Was it on it Reloaded or something like that?
4: You can turn me on. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Chris.
1: Tom Jones karaoke. Anytime.
0: If you get a 2-1, we'll talk about it.
1: They <laughs> expect nothing less than a first. Come on.
0: No, I'm quite cheap, really. <laughs> it
1: was a cheap date. Yeah. 2-2, it's all right. No, get a third well you know
0: mind you Chris in a tutu
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> right back to the fact you just... I, 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 I'm not not being funny the thought of being a tutu I, it made me vomit so <laughs> like... oh <Yeah>. dear <laughs> So it get
1: a 2-1 really then
0: all over my erection I'd be happy just to pass mostly. Becca do we have any more facts
1: yes obviously the whales in this film were created mechanically um by industry like magic um by Walt Conti and mammal expert Peter Falkins, so whose name I can't pronounce. Um, fact number two, the blue whale is obviously the largest animal ever to have lived on Earth, the biggest reaching over 30 metres long and weighing over 144 tonnes, with the second one being the fin whale. Um, fact number three, humpback whales make among well among the, one of the longest conferred um, migrations of any mammal, um, going from the Antarctic coast so um the 23rd um century. Oh yeah, to um yeah, sorry, to breed in South America. <laughs> sorry, I get my geography wrong there. Fun fact number four about sperm whales. Um the expert divers um often going to Muff divers. <laughs> expert divers. <laughs> obviously because they, they eat squid, um some of which kind of very deep Muff
0: divers with fishy breath.
1: <laughs> Diving over two thousand meters or more to catch their prey. And fact number five, sperm whales again often have often have the biggest brains, some weighing around nine kilos. So that's my five fun facts about whales
0: and not the yeah, country. What about their bollocks? You say you shared a fact with <laughs> us about them the other day.
1: I did. Where is it? Let's find it. All my fun facts this week, are courtesy of whales dot org.
0: Um What the country? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
2: green, green grasshopper. <laughs>
0: no, um, I was about to say, Charlie, you're in Wales, aren't you? But given the context of the conversation, I'm not sure that would have gone. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah, I'll just. Um, yeah. There we go. Um, whales? Yeah, so they've got bulls that weigh like a ton each or something. But well, it says
1: the, it? Southern, the southern right whale has the largest species of the animal kingdom, each, each pair weighing a ton. I thought that would appeal to you guys. Who weighed them? I don't
0: know. Who went out into this, Who went out for a swim with their bathroom scales?
1: Whale <laughs> specialist. No, I thought that was quite interesting. So, so yeah, that's my favorite fun facts about the most interesting mammals to ever live there. Earth. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> that's fun, folks. That's fun. <laughs> Turned a bit flat, then. I
2: can't. I, I can't believe we got for this episode about Dave getting angry about VJ. Yeah, as well.
1: I swear, if you thought he was bad in Octopussy, he, here he gives an even worse performance. He's
0: like, Oh, uh, I'm half asleep. You know, through my catalyst. I think I, I didn't want to get too angry because he was so bad in Octopussy that they they fucking sent him to deep space as a punishment. So <laughs> I think he's, he, he's already got what he deserves.
2: I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I, I missed him first time round because uh, he didn't have a thing get his tech, uh, tennis racket. No.
0: <laughs> and you didn't have like a character going, "Look you tits." <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs>
2: Didn't make any tennis Mm
4: pundits,
0: which was pretty great. Wow. It's a privilege for any film to have such a tennis legend.
4: I think think it's worth a mention. Last 16 of the Stella Artois. Well done. (laughs) I think it's worth a mention that this also has the first female captain in Star Trek as well, uh, which is played by Madeline Clare. It's the captain of the USS Saratoga at the beginning of the film. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, take that Janeway. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> Voyager sucks. It really does. <gasps> yeah, I, I'm not a Voyager fan in any stretch of the imagination, so I have even no feeling. Even if it
0: sucked well, it's the sort of show that wouldn't swallow.
1: I don't think anybody liked it, did they? Well, I know some people. Some people did. Oh, oh yeah, I I a people fans. really
0: love it, but, and some people yeah, love sure it, and some people love everything Star Trek. But you know, they just like really like Star Trek, and and I'm aware it got a bit better after a certain point. I mean, we talked yeah. in the we talked in the introduction episode about the on The on were gone after like a season or so.
4: Yeah, and then it, um,
0: really well, but the fact is, they then went and massively overused the Borg, and they were still a fairly weak crew anyway. And if you go and look up Robert Beltran's comments on Voyager, it's quite kind of embarrassing because it's revealing. In the he played uh, Chakotay, the first officer. <laughs> now, on the one hand, I think bless you for your honesty. It wasn't a very good show, but on the other hand, it's just like fuck me. You had seven years of really well paid work, and you talk about it now like you were so much better than it. I just think what an entitled <coughs> tosspot. Robert Darby should have been in it, he would have fucking given it some respect.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's,
1: he's a legend. He's a legend. A shizzle.
0: Mm.
2: And he probably would have sang the theme tune like Frank Sinatra as well.
0: So. Dennis Waterman should have been in it.
1: Red tune, sing the tune.
0: I got a good idea. <laughs> I want to help you. Up.
2: Yeah. I'll be so good for Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> It's that, that bit of the minor yeah, theme of that
0: of always thing. makes me laugh. Oh, what <laughs> yeah! like, oh, right, <laughs> can I want to help you. Let
2: you help
0: me if you like.
1: I want to help you if you really want to. It seems it seems doesn't he doesn't do the theme tune for like yeah? He
0: yeah.
2: Like so it does seem to be like recurring he
3: theme
1: that does. That's the whole point. Theme tune. Theme tune. Theme tune. Theme tune. Anyway, so where can we be all? Where can we all be found on social media? Yeah.
0: You can find me singing the fiend tune at TheCastyKid1976 <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, you can find
2: me at Cinematrox on Twitter uh, where, and you can also find this podcast as well as uh, some other podcasts I do which I rarely update, but you know, you, you might find them on there at Cinematrox.co.uk.
4: You can find me on Twitter at Films on Wax. Um, you can go to our website, which is com. And um, I've just been on an amazing podcast called Wrong Reel, um, talking about the uh, great Starship composer, Jerry Goldsmith. So if you just uh, look up Twitter at Wrong Reel, Wrong Real, and, uh, and, and check out the, uh, the last podcast. I think it was number 186. Um, and uh, have a listen to that because it's really good. And um, Obviously, I'm quite modest and humble.
1: You can find me at RV Reviews on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk. You can find us on Facebook.com Expect Us to Talk. And you can also drop us an email if you would like to at us to talk at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes. Whilst um, you're there, give us a glowing five star review as it helps us to rank higher and get more listeners.
2: Yes, definitely. If you, you know, if you even if you don't even like us, just give us five stars and just. Or well, even if you do, five. and
1: subscribe. <laughs> even better. <than> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah, it, it, any positive reviews will does help us get up this and reaches out to new audiences. So uh, please do that because uh, you know because it's nice. You know, we're also not? on
1: it says it's just on why YouTube not, you know, as well. Yeah, I mean,
2: then we're free. You know, we're giving you like quality entertainment for free. So you know. It doesn't, it doesn't harm, to give us like, yeah. a really good view. Much
1: appreciated.
0: Yeah, I know, and, and there's more to come because the Shat Direct,
1: which means back UP! Do you expect us to talk? We'll return with Star Trek V The Final Frontier.